sorry. I need, a, I need a case of waltz from the cellar. Latorna, spotting silver horns darting around the tables, yelled unnaturally loud above the din. Quickly pulling her hand back from the tall man's pocket, Alavari followed after the scarf-draped serving woman. Yes, mama, she called back, the same surprising volume coming from the gangly preteen. After deftly dodging through the crowded room, Alavari hopped down the stairs behind the bar, locating the stack of cases in the corner. Her thin limbs struggled against the weight of the wooden crate, only barely lifting it off the top. She rested on each step, slowly ascending one short stair at a time. By the time she finally reached the bar, her strength had left her, and she laid the case on the floor behind Latorna. Mama, the case is right behind you. Don't just leave it there. This man wants the whole thing to go. Put it up here on the bar for him. No one better than to talk back. With shaking limbs, Alavari slowly hoisted the box as Latorna continued chatting. She got one corner up to the bar, but as she shifted her grip to push it further onto the counter, the box slipped and Alavari had no more strength to catch it. As it fell, a few bottles rolled, staying intact. The rest crashed to the ground, shattering and sending liquid and broken glass in all directions. The succubus came out for a moment, horns materializing above Latorna's now crimson hair. Alavari Tracy Telavana! At the sound of her full name, Alavari froze under her mother's hypnotic gaze. The deadly stare meant trouble. Any other staff would have been fired on the spot, but Alavari was harder to get rid of. As the gaze released and Latorna reclaimed her human visage, the sharp nails dug into Alavari's shoulder as Latorna excused them and called Diana to clean up the mess. Alavari, you are old enough to be useful, yet you fail me. You're too young to work with the brothel girls, you're too little to be of help behind the bar, and though your voice is pretty, your stage work doesn't exactly bring the clients in. Unless you can start using those fast fingers of yours to help in the bar, instead of just lightening clients' purses, you're gonna need a new place to stay. That room of yours could make me a good 30 golden night with the right person offering their services. <laughs> Mama! I, I could, I could maybe, I could get some supplies for you, may, something, something expensive, maybe. What, what, what about them special candles that the, the that that asshole you don't like to pay, or, or maybe some of that special lotion ingredients the girls use. I will give you one chance. That new cheese maker from Latin is supposed to come here tomorrow. Get me some enough of that to make up for these broken bottles tonight, and you can stay. Beyond that, we'll have to see. Maybe you'll start learning the books or something. Heaven knows your father could use some help. It was a clear day, though the wind wafted the smell from the tannery a block away, making people cover their noses as they came near the flaming succubus. The tall, gangly, gray-cloaked Alavari pushed her way through the crowd to the tents in the square ahead. 
Since it was her first time out on a specific mission from her mom, Alavari was nervous. She had always been able to slink around the bar and snitch what she could from some of the more unsuspecting guests. But as she grew older, the rogues who came through made a game of teaching her how to pickpocket, showing her how to both distract and hide movement at the same time. She kept her mind busy running over the tips she'd received from her most recent mentor, Isara. Hey, Alivari, your mom let you out of the bar for once? Alivari, jumping at her name and turning to see an awkward half-orc boy, a full head shorter than her, leaning in the doorframe. Shh, Huck! If your father hears my name, he'll have my head. He was the first one to catch my hand when I was a-lifting off of him. She looked nervously around, seeing a group of unsavory-looking half-orcs walking away from them. She moved closer to Huck to keep her voice lower. Al, my dad ain't here. He's off gambling again. He won't be back until his money's gone, I'd say. Well, okay. But still, just don't use my name. You could call me, uh, uh, Violet. I gotta do something for my mom, and I don't want anyone knowing it was me. Maybe I should let you go. Uh, you seem mighty jumpy. Huck stepped out of the doorway, moving toward the tents. Um, no, maybe, maybe you could help. I need to get over there. And she pointed to the rather loudly colored tent toward the middle of the square. And, uh, having you beside me might make me less seen. Uh, I don't know, Al. If I get taken in, my daddy ain't gonna get me again. I should let you go on with your mission. He turned to walk down the alley they were about to pass. You won't get taken if I'm with you. I know how to talk to brown coats. It'll just be like when we used to play hide and seek. When I searched all through that rubbish bin because you kept throwing your voice? Right, that was a hoot. But you found me. And when that Frank guy nearly took you in for loitering or stealing or whatever he thought you were doing, I, I was able to talk him out of it. She grabbed his hand and pulled him toward the audacious tent. I I promise, you won't get caught. Fine, fine. (sighs) What are we doing anyway? Her eyes twinkling, she took his pace in her hands. We're making a charcuterie board. Three minutes later, while the new cheese salesperson was busy trying to explain to Huck what made the cheese with red veins running through it better, Alavari broke away from him, artfully dodging the onlookers and guard at the end of the stand. Seven minutes later, they were walking past the same door they had met in, with enough kinds of cheese to make a small party platter. Al, I mean, Violet, uh, you never cease to abase me. If I could do what you do, I wouldn't have to worry about being carted off to work in the mines over there in the Deadlands. Oh, Huck, you wouldn't be taking that far. They'll pull you to work on the docks first. You'd be good in all those small spices on the ships. She grabbed his head and rubbed a knuckle over his greasy hair. Al, don't do that. He pulled away from her assault, a wounded look on his face. I gotta get back home. My dad's probably out of money by now, and he'll be wanting me for something or other. (laughs) Ha, sounds like a terrible night, but I gotta get this back to my ma. I'll see you around, Huck. See ya. She sauntered off, sliding back into the crowds as she headed home. Ma, 
do with that delivery man tries to short me on peanuts again? Last time you sh- Honey, honey. Latorna reached up to her daughter's face, slightly above her own, and patted her cheek. Honey, you know how to handle Joe. You'll be great. And you have all these ladies and the Temple of Lyra to step in if you need it. Latorna let go of Alivari's face and bent to pick up the suitcase beside her. But Ma, are you sure I'll find you'll find my uncle? You said sometimes he he jump, jumps back to the home plane. What what if he's not here? I won't know for sure until we get out there. Your pa and I should be back within a month, if Balorn is where he says he'll be. I'll be sending word if something changes, so you make sure that Bonnie goes to that telegraph office every couple of days to fetch messages from Fillmore's Crossing. That'll be the closest office to where we're headed. Latorna patted her daughter's cheek one last time before heading out the door to the awaiting carriage. As soon as the succubus exited, Monty picked up Alivari with a giant hug. Al, you've got this. The whole staff here loves you almost as much as they fear your mother. You have lived in this bar your whole life. He paused, putting her on a stool. If anything happens to your mother and I, this bar is yours. Treat it as such, and you'll be fine. I have a couple of clerics from the Temple of Lyra coming to make rounds to make sure things go well here. So be sure to give them a free drink now and then. Thanks, Daddy, but I'll make sure the girls know to give them a free round. I love you. He leaned down to kiss her forehead. I love you too, my silver-skinned devil. And with that, Elevari was left alone at age 14 to look after the flaming succubus.